fighting for freedom every day. Broadcasting from the heartland of America, the next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Monday, man. Greatest day of the entire week. We are setting the tone. We are ready to rock and roll for another one. Let's have some fun for the first day here. Broadcasting out of the heart of the nation in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Multiple radio stations and TV Live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's so wonderful to have you, your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Ours was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason, a little bit under the weather. Actually, I don't know if she wants me to say this or not, but she's she's been uh, hurting a little bit. And, uh, the only reason I say this is because it's going to lead up to a more entertaining story. She's passing a kidney stone, which I feel bad for, so... Uh, doing well though, thank you. We needed some ivy just to like the fluid to push the stone out, doing her thing. So we went to here in the Wichita area, went to a local place where I've been dying to go for a very long time. And we, it's uh, I'll give them a little shout out. I cryo. I know that there's iCryos all over the country, but uh, the local one here in the Wichita area, uh, they're great partners with us here at the local stations that I work at uh, throughout the week, and they're wonderful individuals. So we finally got to go because we wanted an IV just to for the flush the fluids out. And I had some selfish reasons to go as well because we got there. We did, She's doing her thing, and I was dying to try. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time, and for those that know me that laugh at me because of this i don't really care i was really excited about it i enjoy my cold showers i enjoy my ice baths they have one of those cryo uh, cryogenic um freezer things the cryo chamber where it freezes you for like three minutes and i was so excited i finally had to try this thing and let me tell you something i absolutely loved it i am going to be doing this way more frequently because i enjoyed it now for those that don't know what it is normally it's for people that are like athletes because they want to like chill their tendons or their joints or something or it's because you want to boost your immune system it's really good for you but it's just really good in other places well it helps boost your immune system it makes you feel really nice so i went into the cryo chamber and you you have to wear these shorts. You have to put on like these insulated socks they give you with these little slippers, gloves, and a mask because in the chamber it drops down to close to 160 degrees in the negative, negative 160. And you're in there for between three and three and a half minutes. And I, they have different levels they can do. I obviously, because it was the first time I did the entry level, which is like a level two. So it was a, like a negative 150 or negative 155 and you, you're in there for three minutes. And you're just in this mask and the gloves and your shorts and these socks with like little slippers. So that way your 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 fingers or your toes don't like freeze off. And the whole purpose of it is to try and create that fight or flight mode for your body where your body, your outer temperature, your inner core temperature is like 98 degrees, right? 98.1, 98.6, whatever it's supposed to be. But your outer temperature is right around that 90 degree range. And they want to dip your skin, your outer temperature to between 50 and 60 degrees, like going down, down 40 degrees, down to that 50 degree level. So that's the whole goal. You go in there, you do a flash freeze, boom, and then you walk out and it puts your body into this mode. 
And I, so I did. And I went I went in and I was ready. I like had my my breath meditation ready. I was getting in the zone. They even give you like a little Bluetooth speaker that you can do while you while you're in there just to like zone out and listen to some music. So obviously I chose the heaviest music I could possibly think of with my rock and roll. And I go in there and uh, it hits right out of the gate. And I'm like, this is cool. Like it's chilly, but it's not like super cold. Are we really there? Are we really doing it? And it goes further and further along, and I can feel it, and obviously it's it's chilly. I'm like, all right. She's like, okay, well, shivering is normal, obviously, because you're going to shiver if you're cold like that. So I begin to shiver just a little bit, and then I said, no, you know what? I'm going to do what I've been practicing, my Wim Hof breath meditation. So I take the deep breath, I meditate, I try to go in, and I try to feel the actual circulation of blood flow through my body, and I'm like, I'm going to focus on this. And between that and the music, I look up, and there's like 15 seconds left. Like, already two minutes and 45 seconds have gone. It's about ready to end. And I'm like, I don't, like, I'm chilly, but this ain't bad. It's not bad at all. So it ends, I walk out, and they say that when you walk out and you hit that wall of warmth, you get this adrenaline rush, and all of the uh, chemicals in your brain just start releasing, and it's uh, that endorphin release where you just feel amazing. So I did it. It was awesome. I can't wait to do it again. She did uh, check my skin afterwards when I walked out, and it was at 51 degrees. So that was awesome. I did it, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. So that was my weekend. I got to freeze myself, <laughs> and uh, it's it's like better than, I guess, doing the ice bath because you do an instant freeze as opposed to sitting in an ice bath for an extreme amount of time. So I'm looking forward to doing it again. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, just as a heads up personally, if I'm a little grumpy or hangry the next few days on the radio, the only reason is is because I'm starting my six-day fasting again. I do it about once or twice a year. I do my cleanse, kind of hit the reset button, and then I'm good to go for another six to six months to a year. So I'm not going to eat after tonight. I'm going to eat tonight, after that, water and tea for the next six days straight. No food until next Monday. And I'm preparing myself for that one as well. So there you go. My health kick. I'm starting my New Year's resolution just a little bit late this year. What do you do? All right, coming up on the program, we have Jared Loveless. He is a candidate for the 10th Congressional District in the state of Texas. We're going to start getting candidates on the program now that we're going through primary season and election season's coming up right around the corner. We'll have Jared on the show uh, in just a little bit at the bottom of the hour. Big news uh, happenings over the weekend as well as we get into our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? Obviously, apparently, we're not allowed to take any time off or step away from the news uh, cycles because something always is happening. Is Over the weekend, we had a vote from the Senate on a Ukraine and Israeli funding package that did not have any type of immigration policy in it. I know. I know. So, obviously, that one, it passed the Senate, and it passed by a decent amount, by a 70 to 29 uh, majority. So, it went to the House... But the Democrats are still angry about it. And I'm here to tell you that for the first time, I'm starting to actually feel proud of my Republican Party because we are starting to finally weed out those that no longer hold Republican values or actually are the tough fighters for the Republican values. We're weeding them out and it's starting to show. Whenever you get upset, if you start getting frustrated, if you start getting tired or just burn out on on it, remember the progress. It's not about necessarily the end goal right now, but it's about the progress that we've made because we've weeded out the Liz Cheney's. We're starting to weed out the Susan Collins or the Lisa Murkowski's or the Mitt Romney's or the Jeff Sessions or all these others that say they're Republican and then end up fighting against Republicans when we try to take a stand. There's a headline today that just came out a little bit ago uh, from Newsmax.com that President Joe Biden now opened to sitting down with Speaker of the House Mike Pence and chatting about the uh, foreign policy budget bill 
this funding for Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan and everywhere else that we want to send money to, finally willing to come and sit down at the table if he has, quote unquote, something to say about the issue. <laughs> Which, uh, okay, all right, but I mean. Do yeah. you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> I know. Okay, so hold on, let's put this into perspective. If he has something to say about it. We have lots to say about the issue of immigration being tied to some type of foreign policy funding bill and all because to them they just want the complete funding they don't want anything else and they're just baffled mind boggled that republicans don't jump on board with this if you remember the biden administration themselves said that there's nothing to talk about that republicans are shooting themselves in the foot by not passing their own immigration policy bill in fact kareen jean pierre just said last week they said what's there to negotiate According to her, and the quote was, quote, what is the one-on-one negotiation about when he's been presented with exactly what he's asked for? So he's negotiating with himself. He's killing bills on his own, referencing Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, who did not support the immigration bill that came out of the Senate that was put up by James Lankford. And while it was crafted in part by a Republican, James Lankford from the state of Oklahoma, it was not a bill that was decent or really doing anything what we needed it to do. To allow certain things that we don't want is not okay. And while James Lankford tried to clear it up, I have a lot of respect for James Lankford. I like him uh, for the most part. And he spent a lot of attention on that one. It got taken a hold of by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and other Democrats that wanted open border policy while they were telling their constituents that don't worry, we still have an open border. It's not going to change anything. And when they're campaigning for it that way, then we know what's really in the bill. And it was so complicated that while it may have been it may have been a decent bill, it wasn't going to be anything that was going to be enforced by Democrats and obviously the Biden administration, who chooses not to enforce half the laws that are already on the books. So with that one being gone, to them, they're like, oh, you guys created a bill. You didn't even vote for your, your bill that you presented. So therefore, why do we even try to continue down this road? You're just negotiating with yourself, Republican Party. We have nothing to do with it. And you're the ones that are sabotaging yourself. So they pass a bill over the weekend in the Senate with a 70 to 29 majority. But it's not good enough for Democrats because they wanted one particular vote that was going to support this immigration bill or this Ukrainian funding bill that would hopefully get Republicans in the House to get on board with this, which was going to be none other than the man himself, Lindsey Graham. Which shocked and awed everybody when Lindsey Graham came out and voted against this bill, turning every establishment, middle-of-the-road Republican and Democrat against him in the Senate, saying that he has betrayed them when he jumped on one of the Sunday morning programs yesterday, talking about why he voted against it, and that there is a potentially better bill available. Here's what they're saying. Let's go back to remain in Mexico as a border security policy. And that was the number one request of the Border Patrol on our visit to Texas, Senator Scott Go back to remain in Mexico. You have to wait in Mexico for your asylum claim. You're not released in the United States. And secondly, uh, to reinstitute Title 42. Uh, uh, those two things on the border, I think, are simple, will work. And they want to slim down the aid package to $60 billion, all lethal aid. And here's what I told them. I think that's a winning combination. I suggested making the lethal aid alone, like President Trump has suggested. The Europeans gave Ukraine $50 billion. 33 of it was a loan. So I think if you turn the uh, lethal aid into a loan, do remain in Mexico, Title 42, that combination not only gets through the House, it picks up votes in the Senate. It would be welcome relief to the Ukraine. It would be a blow to Putin. Uh, it will also help Israel and Taiwan. 
By the way, that audio from Newsmax.com. So let me get this straight. We have another bill potentially available to us that would put in hold the remain in Mexico that would actually stop some of the immigration flow. We could start getting a control over the southern border again, not the end-all be-all, but at least the control that could we could start gaining control of over again, start establishing ourselves and beef things up down there. And then we could turn the just giveaway to Ukraine into a loan, turn it in from non-weaponry like military stuff for them to do what they want and say, you can have this, but you're going to pay it back. And guess what? Now you have Republican support. That to me, hold on, that, that to me sounds like something called compromise. Oh, oh my. That to me sounds something like negotiation. You're not getting everything you want. You're not having open borders, but yet we're not just sealing down the entire border and shutting it down. We're still giving money to Ukraine, but it's going to be in the state of a loan instead of just an open-ended grant or gift to you that you're going to have to pay back. This sounds like that's something called compromise and negotiation, something that Democrats are very, very bad about actually doing, which is why they're angry at uh, Lindsey Graham for not passing and voting on this bill, even though it did pass in the Senate, it's dead on arrival in the House because they're looking up to Lindsey Graham. And if some of those don't get on board and advocate for it from that Senate side, it ain't going to happen. And with their purest mentality, their purest bills looking more and more unlikely that they're going to go through, they now have Biden coming out and saying, well, I'll be open to chatting with Mike Johnson if he actually has something productive and constructive to say. Sounds to me like they're finally slowly, begrudgingly coming to the table to talk when they haven't before because they've held all of the marbles. They've held all of the power. We have always been cowering to ourselves, scared of our own shadow, and just scared of what the media or the Democrats may do to us no longer. And because we've stood our ground for so long, they're forced to come to the table. Wow, look at that. Republican showing strength. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. I have a like-hate relationship with Lindsey Graham. Like, most of the time, he's very establishment, very middle of the road, very rhino. Apparently, in his home state, he's got an approval rating right now of 30%, which Democrats are all about, trying to eat that up going into election season. So they're trying to do what they can to go after him. But at the same time, then, all of a sudden, when it counts... In some of these major votes, he pulls it out and he becomes the rock star. If you remember under the Trump administration, he came out as one of the biggest advocates for Donald Trump and he stood firm and he got a lot of criticism for that because he was one of those deep state rhino establishment types that normally fight against the Republican Party. And then all of a sudden, uh, what really happens is that he just kind of goes wherever the uh, popularity takes him. And Donald Trump was popular at the time among Republicans, so he's going to stand for Republicans. So he's kind of those that just goes with the breeze, if we want to put it that way. So at least he comes through most of the time when it really counts. Outside of that, he's still one that kind of drives me nuts at times. But, uh, but uh, at the same time, Lindsey Graham, Coming out strong and voting against this bill, even though it did pass in the Senate, not going to the, uh, to the House, really. It's going to be dead on arrival and saying that there is a better bill that is available. Now, imagine, if you will, the fact that we're working hard behind the scenes to find a bill that will be beneficial for everyone. Real compromise, 
Real negotiation. I know, it's a crazy thing. But when you actually have real negotiation and bringing Democrats forcibly, they may be kicking and screaming like the child throwing a temper tantrum, but they may be finally coming to the table. We can have a conversation. And we can talk about Ukrainian funding if we actually do it in the proper way, hold them accountable for where the money's going, and we work on immigration. Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird that we would do something like that. But instead, if we had it the way of some of the other Republicans, it would have been already a done deal. In fact, Liz Cheney, why we're still even paying attention to her at all, I don't know. But Liz Cheney has now come out and made the comment that is it really worth the speakership, Mike Johnson, for you not to support a Ukrainian funding bill? Is it really worth your speakership? Because you should be impeached for not actually getting this done. In fact, you should not stand firm and say that we're going to stand with our negotiation bit, that we're going to fix Im- or work on immigration while we do this. You should give that up, give the Democrats whatever they want to, and vote for Ukrainian funding. That's a list Cheney for you. That's the moderate Republican for you. Either just do what they want and do their bidding, or you should be removed from office. How dare you stand on a principle? How dare you stand up and actually fight back and push back a little bit instead of being the cowards that the Republican Party has predominantly been for decades now? How dare you not just do the same old, same old? That's why Liz Cheney lost by near 60% of the votes within the Republican caucus in her own party because people are sick and tired of her crap. But why she's trying to make this statement now blows my mind. How dare that you put your priorities, your agenda, your America first agenda before the funding of Ukraine. She doesn't quite get that. And there are most of those that are believing that, the, the Liz Cheney types, most of them, they're on the way out. They're exiting Congress. They're realizing that the party's changed or that Washington, D.C.'s changed. They can't do the things that they've done before. We can't work in this type of environment that's very terrible for us. They're the ones losing their minds. And as we've said before, many of those candidates, they can't do it. We tell them the proper farewell here on this program. But so many of the deep state elite establishment, if you want whatever term you want to use for these candidates, for these politicians, they're realizing that Washington, D.C. is just not the same. They can't get away with the stuff they've done before. They can't just throw it into a package, make people forget about it, not talk about it, give it a clever name that makes everybody all won over by it and then just vote on it when it has nothing to do with what it's actually about because they want to do it for their own pet project. It's not working any longer. We're winning. This is the most optimistic news that we could have. We're winning on this battle. We get to decide and dictate what's actually going to be a priority in Washington, D.C., and we're going to make sure that unless we're part of that negotiation, we get to the table to get part of our agenda in there as well. We're not going to do it, and we're going to walk away, forcing them to come to the table. It's a wild concept. It's very foreign for Republican ears to hear, but guess what? It's happening. And God bless Mike Johnson for doing that, and shame on Liz Cheney for, well, being Liz Cheney and calling him out for not just cowering to Democrats like so many have done and like she's done for oh so many years. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Reason, Common Sense, Rationale. That's just what we do here on this program. So wonderful to have you. By the way, a programming note for you as well for many of my listeners. Now, obviously, this program runs on stations that may not carry it, but my base, my flagship station here, KQAM, The Big Talker, we do air the program, but 
I am excited to be able to fill in tomorrow and Wednesday for the Todd Starnes radio program. Obviously, big nationally syndicated radio host, close to 150 radio stations or something crazy like that. And we'll be filling in for his program tomorrow and Wednesday. So really excited. So if you are in the uh, home base area here in Wichita, you'll be able to hear me on that program. If you are on one of the stations that pick up this show but don't have that show, you can check it out at ToddStarnes.com. And you can listen to the program there as well. All right, let's get back into it. We have a lot to talk about. So we have the Republican Party finally, finally starting to stand up against the bullying, the blackmailing from the media, from the mainstream media, from Democrats in general, while we actually have a speaker that's saying, yeah, no, we're not just going to pass Ukrainian funding for the sake of Ukrainian funding without any immigration attached to it. And then you have the wishy-washy has-beens, if you want to put it that way, Liz Cheney and others saying, oh, is it really worth your speakership to not just pass it willy-nilly without anything attached to it? How dare you stand up and actually fight for your own agenda? It's been working. We're we're actually seeing a backbone begin within the Republican Party. It's the beginning. We can go a lot better, but it's the beginning right now is a lot of different candidates or a lot of different politicians across the nation are starting to just back out because they realize that D.C. has changed and they can't do their same operation as always because there is a new face. There's a new vision for the conservative movement, a new push for Republicans, and it's starting on the home front all over the nation, which leads us into... What's trending today? Our next guest on the program, really happy to have him on. He is a U.S. Army veteran running for the 10th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. And excited to have him on the program here. Jared Loveless with us here. Jared, how are you, my friend? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. First off, congratulations on the announcement. Uh, You cover a wide range there in Texas, but what's been the response? How are things going on the campaign trail? Yeah, it's it's a massive district, very rural, um, but it has been a really really great experience. Um, we've been really real, really well received everywhere we've been. Um, we're obviously we're doing this very grassroots style. I, I think that's the only way a campaign should be done. Like yeah. it, there shouldn't even be a type of campaign that's called grassroots. It should just be campaigning, and it should be the grassroots way of doing it. Um, but everywhere we go, every town hall, every candidate forum, you know, we've been very, very well received. People are ready for some change after 20 years of kind of a stale Republican incumbent sitting there. Well, it is needed. I mean, as I just mentioned, we're seeing a lot of fresh blood come up into Congress and we're seeing things differently. We're we're working differently for the first time in a very long time. We're seeing Mike Johnson actually stand up and say, yeah, we're not just going to cower to when you say we're not going to include your stuff in here and just pass whatever you want. We're not going to do that. And now we're finally seeing Democrats begin to come to the table. Joe Biden's open to talking again now. We have Chuck Schumer open, uh, allegedly, to coming to the table to talk about immigration. So it's working. When Republicans actually stand up for themselves, lo and behold, Jared, we actually have maybe what real negotiations may really may actually look like, don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important to vote based on principle and not just on transaction. Right. And too many of our long term politicians on the Republican side of the House, too, sit in D.C. and they get used to doing the things D.C. does, you know, the way D.C. does things. And, you know, people, they they lose sight of their principles and they just they they continue to vote for what PACs, what lobbyists, what institutions, party elites want them to vote for. And at the end of the day. Those aren't the, you know, that's not representing, that's not representing the constituents, you know. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Talk about some of the the uh, platforms that you want to focus on if you get into the congressional seats. Obviously, you're in Texas, and you know, obviously, there's the immigration 
crisis that's going on right now. You're not near the border per se, but still a, a major issue. Is that one of your top priorities? Do you want to focus on budgetary issues? What would you like to work on specifically if you get up there? Absolutely. The the budget is super important to me, but the border is an emergency that is like right. It needs to be resolved right now. Yeah. And um, one thing that I've been reminding people, especially here in Texas, is the the border is not a new issue. Like we, this has been an issue for multiple decades, and. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our long-term career congressmen who've been sitting in office for 20 years, you know, they need to be held accountable for not having put a better hold on this a long time ago. Instead of sending trillions of dollars overseas to foreign wars, um, you know, we've, we've been so worried about democracy first all over the globe that we haven't even shored up our own borders, and we're spending money like crazy. The The, the national deficit... We haven't had a balanced budget since, I think, 2001 or 2000. And, you know, those are our taxpayer dollars. And the fact that we have an emergency on the border, people need to be held accountable for that. And, uh, you know, what I'm saying is enough is enough. After 20 years, what results have you gotten? Yeah. Um, it, the border's worse than it's ever been. The debt's higher than it's ever been. So those, those are absolutely the top two issues. But those, those issues affect a lot of different things. Foreign policy, American D.C. politics is way too involved overseas and i think what americans especially what conservatives are trying to tell their 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 congressmen right now is we need we need to focus on the home front america first you know we we can't keep funding globalism at every turn and that's what that's what biden and the administration want to do right now and i'm glad that the speaker is standing up to um standing up to them and, and really fighting for the immigration crisis now i I'd love to see, I'd love to see more done faster. But you know that we're, we're making steps, like you said. Yeah, it's baby steps, and it's frustrating, and it feels like we have to force every little bit of it for those baby steps. But by golly, we're going to make it happen uh, for sure. We're talking with Jared Loveless, candidate for the tenth congressional district in the great state of Texas. You can find his website at Jared at twenty twenty four dot com. Are you seeing some of the effects of the border in your uh, in your district? There, obviously. Uh, whether it's human trafficking, whether it's the fentanyl issue, crime rates, whatever it is, are you seeing some of those effects from the border issues working their way further up north in Texas as things go along here? Sure. Yeah, it it, it is prevalent. Um, every, so I have 13 counties in my in my district. And uh, when I go to town halls, candidate forums, I, I usually make a point to go talk to the, the county attorney, district attorney, the sheriff, and just kind of get a feel for, hey, what what is what does this look like in in this community in this county? You know what what types of things are y'all seeing? And um, you know the, the feedback that I'm getting back is you know people can kind of point out the areas where illegal immigrants tend to congregate. Um, uh, they, you know, all all, of, all the different things that you mentioned, human trafficking, drugs, like that. That it's definitely being seen. Um, unfortunately. The thing that has everybody kind of dumbfounded is there's there's not a whole lot that law enforcement can do when they apprehend an illegal immigrant. Hmm. Um, it, it's it's not just a straight ticket back to back to across the border, right? It it's it's not that easy and it's not that simple. And oftentimes, even criminals end up, you know, either spending way too much time here in the United States after they've been arrested, you know, or they spend time in our prisons 
once again, still still spending taxpayer dollars to take care of them in our prisons, right, instead of sending them back to where they came from. So yeah. there's there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of frustrations. Um, I, I think, you know, law enforcement around here are kind of confused as to why we don't have, like at the community and state level, there's not more power to serve justice and, and send people back. So that's that's the main complaint that, that I've been seeing across the district. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. I'm sure the frustration is uh, is absolutely absurd right now. we got a couple minutes left here, Jared, but i, I got to ask you about the the state of the election right now. It seems like the party, the RNC, we could potentially see Ronna McDaniel step down as the RNC chair after the South Carolina primaries next week, which obviously is not ideal during an election year when we're supposed to be rallying the troops and trying to get ready for a major yeah. election cycle. But the state of the Republican Party as a whole, you mentioned it right out of the gate, that right now it comes down to us, the grassroots campaigning, the catalyst of us going out, making the phone calls, door knocking, talking to people, and just going out to vote in particular. Are you concerned about the state of the Republican Party right now, or are you optimistic about where we're at with Trump leading in the polls across the nation and uh, with uh, the grassroots candidates like yourselves out there knocking doors and talking to people? I'm very optimistic. I think um, this is what the primary is for. The, the primary is for us as Republicans, as conservatives, to come together and to figure out who the right people are to be representing us at every level. And, it, you know, a lot of a lot of entrenched um, elite Republicans, you know, are, are kind of complaining about, well, there's so much disunity. We need to just pull together and, and unify and stuff. There will be a time for that. You know, that's November. But right now, it, it is totally appropriate for there to be some growing pains, for there to be some, some, some really good debate and some really tough races, because we have, we have to show up with our A game in November. Because if we don't have the right Republicans in, and I'm talking specifically about Congress, right? If we don't have the right conservatives in Congress, we're going to see another 20 years like we saw the last one. And that's, that's going to be, you know, 20, $26 trillion last 20 years we raised the debt by 26 trillion dollars and we continue to raise the debt ceiling over and over again yeah. the border is no better than it was before we we made some headway under trump it's unfortunate that biden was able to unravel it so fast but i still hold our republican congressman accountable for having spent so much money and having not made a measurable impact on our border now, i'm all about results we have got to get results so i'm very optimistic i think you know i think the process the democratic process is important and um, what we need to do as voters is be informed and be engaged and go out and learn what these candidates are all about. And it's not always the one that you see on TV the most, yeah. right? Because cause money, unfortunately, money controls a lot of what you see in politics and what you hear about. But yeah. no. money, money shouldn't control elections. You money, know? Yeah. There's no way to get rid of it all, but that's the way it is. Well, that's the way it is. But like you said, I mean, the grassroots campaign, talking to people in their communities and talking to them, on their doorstep is what's going to win these races. It's Jared Loveless. Go and check it out. Jared2024.com is the website. Jared, congrats, my friend. Good luck on the campaign trail. Let's get you back on again here real soon. Got to take a break. Lots more coming up on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Got a couple minutes left here of the program for a Monday, greatest day of the entire week, my friends. That's what it's all about. Welcome back into it. Thanks again to Jared Loveless coming on the show. Candidate for District Number 10 
in the state of Texas. Got to go down there and check that out. Apparently, that's a very wide range. He said it's about four hours to drive from one side of it to the other. So there you go. It's a, You want to know how big the state of Texas is? Yeah, that's just a portion of that, District Number 10. And we appreciate him coming on. Have you noticed that there has been a focus from the conservatives, which is good, which is what we need to do, on the rural communities? And what do I what I mean by that is that normally the Democrats try to say that they're support of the blue dog Democrats, the factory workers, the farmers. They're the ones that have them under their thumb. And it's really not true. The rural communities are predominantly going Republican and they continue to go more so Republican as uh, things go along here. For example, they like to say that we are the uneducated, low IQ, dumb people. And they try to spell things out for us and try to gaslight us by doing some pretty ridiculous things, right? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> uh, that's the, really the way that they treat us, right? Uh, point in case is when they try to say they're not going to take firearms away. No, 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 we're not repealing the Second Amendment. While they put in regulations that try to restrict firearms to where you can actually purchase firearms. That's their mentality. They gaslight us. They call us nuts. And then if we call them out on it and say, no, 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 you're not going to take our firearms away, they call us right-wing nut jobs. They call us conspiracy theorists and so on and so forth. Well, guess what? They need a reminder sometimes of how important those rural communities are. Those blue-collar workers actually are. Those blue dogs actually may be around the nation. And while they make fun of us and they say that we're unintelligent, that we're the Trump supporters, that we don't have a high college degree, that we don't know anything. Anybody could start a farm, according to those that live in the inner cities of New York. Anybody can have a farm raiser. That's not hard at all. I don't know what you're talking about. That's how they perceive us in the flyover country, in the mid-America region, in the rural communities all over the nation. That's the way they see us. But yet, when it comes down to it, we're still the ones that are feeding them and putting food on their tables. And God bless the truckers, man. Can I just say that? God bless the truckers out there. I've never been a truck driver. My grandfather was a truck driver. I remember going on short runs with him back in the day, and I'll never forget it. You know, it was back in the day like you pop in the cassette tape of, you know, Garth Brooks and riding down the road while you do that. And it, uh, it, was, it was an experience for me for sure. And I have all the utmost respect for the truck drivers. And it seems like they have been the ones that have finally said enough is enough. They have been the ones that have finally said we're done. Now, if you look at some of the protests that happened in Germany, the farmers are the ones who are like, yeah, we're not going to do this. We're going to drop off a buttload of manure at the capital in Germany So until you actually repeal some of the legislation that you're trying to pass on us. The truck drivers here in the United States have been the ones that have said, mm-mm, this ain't going to fly. And God bless them for doing that. They are the ones trying to load up their trucks and line up the border to stop illegals from crossing that way. And now, apparently, after this decision from New York about going after Donald Trump financially and his business-wise, there are numerous different trunk companies that have said that they are no longer going to be delivering things into New York City that could potentially shut down a lot of the resources that people need. So prices of goods could be going up. And they could run out of food. They could run out of whatever that they're transporting up there. But truck drivers saying, uh-uh, we're not going to have it any longer. We're not going to deliver up in this area to make a statement regarding the decision uh, for New York. And I say, good for you and God bless you. This is what it takes. I've said this many times before on the program, but I think Americans have forgotten how to properly protest or have forgotten how to actually fight against the system in a lawful and legal way that makes an impact. Going out onto the side of the street and chanting some really ridiculous chant of some clever way to do it, like a bumper sticker argument while holding a sign, walking in a circle, does not do anything. 
And I'm here to tell you that going out into the middle of the street and doing the same thing and blocking traffic doesn't do anything either other than upset a lot, a lot of people, including myself, to where if you are in front of my vehicle like that, then you better get out of the way because I'm not slowing down. And that's just a matter of fact. And that doesn't do anything. But when you actually make it to where it's meaningful and you actually hit them where it hurts in a lawful and productive way, then things could start changing relatively soon. And guess what? The truck drivers in the country, you're the ones that keep the food on the tables. You're the ones that keep the gas in the gas station. You're the ones that keep the food in the grocery stores. You're the ones that actually have the stuff in the store that we actually need. And the fact that you're going to say, uh-uh, I'm out, not doing it anymore because of these ridiculous attacks on someone for a political attack, God bless you. Good for you. And you know that they're going to say, of course, they're the victims and how, and they're going to go after you. But you know what? Good for you. I salute you, my friends, the unsung heroes of the job site, which is what we're all about here. Until then, we're back at it again tomorrow. Make sure to stay tuned in. Be your own catalyst for change. Be that voice of reason in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow.